Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium. With your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Hi, this is Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. Our show is all about dynamic family leadership and leaving a profound legacy for our children. This year, we added family financial freedom as a major topic. We want to help families learn, act, and implement strategies to become financially free with topics ranging from debt elimination, student loans, credit, cash flow, investment, and money mindset, along with financial literacy. Your next step is to book an appointment with me. Go to integrativeminds.com to book a strategy session to see how I can help you create cash flow and increase your real estate portfolio. If you want to just check me out first, you can get my latest book called True Legacy Wealth, Creating Generational Wealth Through Real Estate Investing. And my booking calendar is also on my website, so go there. Our show is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and syndicated on RethinkRadio.org, OneIdeaAway.com, and Armed Radio. Today's show is episode is special for all of us parents who are looking to send our kids to college. Our guest is back this week. He wants to help people grow their wealth in ways that are safe and predictable, become their own source of financing, and create tax-free income in retirement. He specializes in building custom, tailored financial strategies that are unknown to typical stock jockeys, attorneys, or other financial gurus. He is a certified financial planner, a two-time number one best-selling author, and the owner of Lake Growth Financial Services, which is a financial firm in Chicago, Illinois. And over the years, he's helped hundreds of his clients take back control of their financial future and build their businesses with proven tax-efficient financial solutions. After he graduated with a six-figure student loan debt, he discovered a way to turn his debt into real wealth as he watched everybody lose their retirement savings and home equity in the 2008 crash. He knows how to find a more predictable way to meet his financial objective and those of his clients. So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Mark Willis. Hi, Mark. Hi, Jacqueline. Glad to be back. I'm glad you're back. Okay, here we go. Paying for college without going broke. This is something I think, um, I would say most parents stay awake at night for. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, if you've been paying attention to the news, the college costs are skyrocketing. Uh, I've done the math on this. It's about double the national average inflation rate. Uh, so we're looking at seven, sometimes eight percent, and depending on the college, it could be even more than that. Most of our wages have not even kept up with inflation, so we're seeing a gap there. I mean, if you've got a sophomore in high school, they're going to go to college in say two years. The tuition, books, room and board is a hundred and twenty-eight thousand um, dollars for a four-year public university. Four-year public university, and if you go to a private school, that cost is over a quarter million dollars according to savingforcollege.com. That's like a quarter million bucks for one kid. That's crazy. <laughs> and that's hoping that they can pay that off eventually because who has a quarter million dollars lying around so it's going to have to come out of loan somewhere. 
Absolutely. That was the biggest aha moment when we sort of talked it through with folks. We do, we have some special calculators we run when we're sitting down with clients and looking over their client, uh, the, over their financial situation. We're actually able to calculate approximately one, what the tuition is going to be for such and such school, two, what the average uh, scholarships and grants are going to be. And effectively, there's a calculation there. Anything that scholarships and grants don't cover is going to be your out-of-pocket cost. Either you're going to pay for it, mom and dad, or it's going to be student debt on the kids. Then you're thinking about majors because there are, this is what I say, go STEM or go home. Yeah, that's a good way to put that. I like that. Go, and, and I know, I think I know what you mean, but explain what you mean there. That's a great well, point. Well, you know, it's science, technology, engineering, and math. If you're going into liberal arts and things like that, it's going to be very difficult. You know, Even teaching, even the teachers are saying their salaries are not meeting what their financial obligation in the cost of college anymore. That's right. Yeah. Well, and, and I think you're smart to say go STEM or go home because um, most other degrees may or may not add enough ROI to get you a, a return on your investment for college. And it should be seen as a investment. Uh, if it's not providing the income or the return on investment, then maybe there's other things you can do. So, you know, we've, we pulled our clients. Um, we typically ask this question. We'll say, what's their biggest concern with college planning? Folks will say, you know, one, they're afraid of missing some of the deadlines to get their kids set up for college scholarships. Two, they were afraid of making mistakes. And three, they're, they were just not having enough time to even know what's involved in the process of applying for financial aid. Uh, and that's really where most of our clients meet us. They're, they're busy folks. They're running busy lives. And it's hard to even know. It's like learning how to file your taxes. Um, when you apply for financial aid at, at a university, it is sort of like a whole new system. It's like if you were dropped into the US and had to file your taxes without any information, it can be overwhelming. It's similar when you're applying for college loans or financial aid. Absolutely. And like you were saying, there's deadlines. I mean, it's not, I remember applying to college, you just had to have the good grades and the SAT score. I'm 52, yeah. so that's all you needed was good grade and SAT score. You didn't have to have leadership. You didn't have to show community service or public speaking, any of this stuff. Yeah. But nowadays, it's like applying to NASA yeah. as an astronaut <laughs> for an astronaut position. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> What's the pressure that parents are under? We know it's about this um, this college, but I think there's more to it. It's more about financial because if I was uh, Lori Laughlin, I, it wouldn't matter to me. I just right. hire someone to help my daughter write her essay and help her take the tests and legally, of course, you know, tutor her and stuff. But most Americans are not in this financial place. So what's your thought on that? Well, you're right. You don't have to be Lori Laughlin to hire someone to help legally help your child get as much financial aid, and I mean scholarships and grants, both merit-based and need-based, as legally possible. Uh, in fact, I partner with a number of uh, colleagues that do exactly that for a very small fee, or I think a reasonable fee. Um, usually our clients save uh, 20 to 30% off their tuition just by working with someone who's an expert. It's sort of like you know trying to do taxes on your own without knowing the, the rules or the IRS law versus getting an accountant. You pay the accountant something, but you get a great discount on your taxes in the meantime. And guys, um, there are $275 billion in total financial aid and tax relief out there 
for college, but only if you know where to get it. Uh, so, um, you know, really it does, it does matter, you know, it, and the key question, I guess the $64,000 question most folks ask me is how does my family get their fair share of that $275 billion without ending up where Lori did, um, for what is it? Three, four months, I guess, in prison, I guess. So you want to do this the right way and working with competent professionals to make sure you, uh, get the biggest, uh, and, and every dollar that's due your child so that you don't, uh, transfer your retirement over to, the tuition office of the university. Yeah, I've heard that there's just billions of dollars of scholarship money out there, but we don't know where it is. Where do you start? Well, yeah, it, it does come down to um, how did you file your FAFSA form? And that's one of the key documents. Your listeners may be familiar with that, but it's essentially a form that sort of discloses your net worth and income and other things. And what they're asking for is where are you hiding your money? Uh, because essentially they want to get it. So that's why I'm not too keen on traditional uh, college savings plans like Coverdell accounts or 529 plans or UPMAs or UGMAs. Uh, UPMAs and UGMAs especially are dangerous here. Uh, so we can talk about each of those and why they might have some benefits but also drawbacks. Uh, but you, you really want to learn in advance of sending your kid to college, and I'd say at least two or three years in advance, uh, so that you can fill out that FAFSA form with absolute certainty and in all honesty that you are as poor as you possibly can look on paper, even if you have significant net worth. And where do you go to learn how to do all this? Well, um, again, I'd, not to do a shameless plug, but reach out to us. We'd be happy to connect with you with one of our colleagues and folks that do do specialize in this. It's a whole field in the financial world, um, You know, college, financial counseling. You don't want to go to uh, the high school counselor, they may or may not have any kind of background in financial planning. You want to work with a financial advisor, financial professional who specializes in this very specific part of your financial life. I mean, think about it this way, um, Jacqueline, there's only a couple of major wealth transfers that happen over the course of one's life. You know, um, we could talk about retirement as one. We could talk about death being another major wealth transfer uh, another one might be college. College is a massive wealth transfer. And if you've exposed your retirement accounts, your savings, you know, your real estate, whatever, could be exposed to, it, uh, to the transfer of your wealth to the university unnecessarily. Uh, so you really want to organize and work with a competent professional who can help you uh, pay for college without going broke. Do you have time to maybe discuss some ways to pay for college without sacrificing my retirement and going broke in the process? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's really four places you can um, sort of look, sort of four ways to pay for college. Uh, there's savings, you know, so you could just take 200 grand sitting in your savings account if you've got that burning a hole in your pocket. <laughs> That's supposed <laughs> well, yeah. to be a joke, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness, if you have like 10,000 in savings, I highly recommend you uh, come in and have a com consultation with us because, you know, even just $10,000 in a savings account would cost you an additional $500 to $2,500 each year in potential college scholarships or, or need-based aid. If it's just sitting in your savings account, it'll show up on the FAFSA form uh, and, and count against you when it comes time to getting scholarships that your kid might otherwise get. So you really have to know what you're doing before you play their game. So that's the first one is savings. Uh, second is college loans. You can pay for that's how my wife and I did it. I mean, we ended up with six figures in student loan debt 
by the end of our three private school degrees between us. And this, we graduated, Jacqueline, in 2008. A great time of year to be graduating looking for work, by the way. <laughs> uh, and the I'm monthly sorry. payments on that, on that was like another mortgage. Honestly, it felt like I was joking with my wife about this. She didn't think it was funny, but I said, hey, it kind of felt like I married two women in college. One was my beautiful, awesome, loving wife. The other woman was Sally Mae. Yeah. Because she was asking money out of my pocket every month. And <laughs> it was, it was, it felt like a burden around our neck. And it's only gotten worse since 2008 for the poor graduates. So loans may or may not be the right way to go. Scholarships certainly uh, is a massive way you can get access to that $275 billion in student aid. Um, but, you know, it's very rare for scholarships to really cover all of the expense of college, it's around 2 to 3% of the total cost of college on the averages that come from scholarships. So that's not going to solve our problem most of the time. Unless you've got uh, Einstein in the crib, so to speak. Uh, so the fourth way is go to a cheaper school. Uh, and that's not really a great way to do it. You know, I'd, I'd say most of the time folks look at, you know, the public university versus the really cool up, upstate private university I have found, honestly, Jacqueline, that the, the sticker price on the, the schools is not the same thing as what you or I actually would end up paying. It's kind of like um, an airline ticket. You know, we might all uh, get on the airplane and either sit in coach or first class, but we're all going to the same destination. And isn't that the, the end result anyway? Um, so, you know, even if your kid's not a perfect student or maybe you do have a lot of money in your retirement plans or savings or you own a house or you own a lot of real estate, um, it can sometimes be that you know, having the, the more expensive school might just offer you, depending on how they factor their need formula, they might offer you a better deal. If you set yourself up well and put yourself down on paper as needing their aid, and that's really where we shine, I believe. Now, I know you talked about a product in your previous show about the the whole life whole life insurance. How does that affect getting financial aid? Yeah, you you bring up a great point. So, with a whole life policy, we call it a bank on yourself type whole life policy because it's very different than old fashioned whole life. Uh, but when it's a early cash value, high early cash value whole life policy. Uh, I, I want to pull over for a minute and explain what that is. One, it gives us cash that we can access for any reason. It's not just death insurance, as some people call it. It's living benefits, not just the death benefit. Uh, and I'm mostly focused as a financial professional uh, on the living benefits of that contract. I want to know, uh, can I access that money for, you know, one, going on vacation, two, buying a car, and most importantly, for a lot of folks, getting our kids through college without breaking the bank. So to answer your question, Jacqueline, yes, the life insurance cash value can be used for college uh, if we still need to come up with extra cash to pay for college, um, you can use it out of the life insurance. And what's so interesting about it is the life insurance cash value does not get reported on the FAFSA. Because it's life insurance. Right. Yeah. So you can have 10 million bucks hiding in these policies. I don't want to say hiding, but you know, uh, stashed away in these policies and you look dirt poor on the FAFSA, giving your kid more chances at getting need-based aid or even merit-based aid. Um, so that's one of the key things there, but it's not just about keeping the money off the, off the books of the FAFSA. 
the use of the cash value gives you a guaranteed pool of money you can draw on. I've met too many people who had 529 plans, which are typically invested in very expensive index funds or mutual funds, um, watch the market take away their kids' senior year in college or junior year or, or all years in college. If the market is crashing right when your kid gets ready to graduate high school, he's not going to have the money to spend on the school that you hope to send him to or her to. So the cash value is guaranteed. It's going to be there on a predictable basis. Wow. Okay. Now you talk about how parents can actually benefit financially from the cost of our kids' college. Explain yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a mind-bending concept, isn't it? So I can't wait for my daughter. She's three and a half right now. I can't wait for her to go to college if she decides to do that. Um, but even if she doesn't, I've got a policy that she can access for her line of credit or her student loan to pay for college. Now, why would I loan money to my, my own daughter to go to college? Why wouldn't I just pay for her school? Why would I require that she pay the bank of mom and dad back? Well, think about this. If it's a life insurance contract that we're using to send my daughter to college someday, then that's going to be a loan that she takes out or that we take out uh, from the life insurance policy. It's going to go to pay for the tuition. Now, here's one of the things I don't think we mentioned in last week's episode much, but when I borrow from one of these cash value policies, if it's a bank on yourself designed policy, Jacqueline, the cash value continues to grow as if I had not taken the loan. And that's a mind bending concept, but I'll say it again. I would say if explain I took, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if, let's say I've got 200 grand in cash value when my daughter gets ready to go to college. And let's say that the tuition at that point is $50,000 in the first year. So I've got $200,000 in cash in my policy and I'm going to borrow, I'm going to take a loan against 50,000 of that. So I'm going to take a loan for $50,000 to pay for her school. That year, my policy will still pay me a dividend and guaranteed interest on the entire $200,000 as if I had not touched a dime of the money and my daughter's school is covered. But you still have to pay the loan, right? Correct. Well, you, you've got a non-recourse loan on life insurance. If I never pay it back, there's going to be a policy loan that grows with my policy's cash value and my death benefit someday will get netted out by whatever the loan was. So if I, uh, if I pass away, then the loan, whatever it is, gets netted out and the remainder gets left to my family as a tax-free death benefit. So this is what we talked about in the last episode is how you become your own banker. So you're basically loaning yourself your own money. Correct. Yeah. Or in this case, my daughter. Yeah. yeah right. Your daughter, her. your family. Yeah. Now, now, how does it benefit my wife and I when my daughter pays us back? Well, that's going right back into my policy. I'll either spend it, my wife and I will either spend it in our retirement years, but ultimately it's my daughter's inheritance she's repaying. Someday soon, you know, hopefully a long time from now, but someday she'll get that lump sum back. She's funding her own inheritance as she pays back that student loan to the bank of mom and dad. How much better is that than relying on Sally Mae? In the previous show, we talked about investment portfolio and diversifying things like that. How do you think real estate, because I know your podcast also talks about strategy in investing in real estate. How do you think that, in addition to what you're talking about, will help with college? 
again, I think they go hand in hand. Your money has to live somewhere in between your real estate deals. So if it starts in a life insurance cash value and you borrow to buy your real estate, now you've got some really cool things happening all at once with no stock market risk, right? My policy is growing on the full capital of the policy, even the amount I borrowed out to buy my real estate. Let's say the real estate is going to fund my daughter's college tuition. And maybe she even lives there, you know, and the roommates are paying her college tuition while she's in school. Then either you keep the property or you sell the property someday and you wipe out the policy loan. Now the college is paid for, the loan is paid off on the policy, and now you've got a tax-free retirement and income uh, that you cannot outlive. So there's some really cool ways you can dynamically move between the life insurance and the real estate to help not only pay for your kid's college, but not go broke in the process. You still have a retirement that you can count on both from the real estate and from the life insurance as they go hand in hand. Wow. Okay. In case we have new listeners, talk about your podcast. Oh, thanks. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you like taking the red pill, like, uh, like Neo and the Matrix did, you'll, you'll love our show. So uh, we've got some pretty counterintuitive concepts, stuff you won't hear on CNN money or on the traditional um, money uh, mainstream financial news, you might say, or from your CPA, let's say. Uh, so we do try to dive deeper into very unique counterintuitive strategies. We go deeper into how to pay for college uh, in, in a tax efficient way. Uh, we talk about the 529. We talk about UPMAs and UGMAs and why they work and don't work in certain scenarios. And our show is called uh, Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Not Your Average Financial Podcast. I guess, Jacqueline, they could probably find it anywhere they're listening to this show. Yeah. Uh, or just, just Google, Google us. Google it, right. Now, you you mentioned 529. I don't think it's a good investment. Tell me why you agree with that too. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, there's there's lots of, I mean, again, it comes back to the original question we said last time, you know, your money has to live somewhere. What do you want your money to do for you? Because where you put your money will make it do different things. You know, a hedge fund is different than a savings account. So where you put your money makes it do different things. Uh, a 529 plan is going to require that you pay that money toward educational expenses. What if my daughter decides to start a business instead? You know, what if college is not even a thing in 15 years? So, you know, and a 529, a lot of private schools uh, are going to look at your 529 and see that as, oh, what is that? Oh, that's college. That's a college account. Well, we were going to give her this um, merit-based or need-based scholarship, but how, wouldn't you know, uh, they, she's got a 529 on her name. Let's not give her that scholarship. So it penalizes the child when you've got a big fat 529 Whereas if it's in a life insurance contract, it's not going to show up on the FAFSA form. So just some things to consider uh, when you're putting money into that 529. Uh, one last thing, most of the investment options in 529s are really subpar. Uh, the one of the more expensive retail investments you can buy. And I don't ever want to pay retail if I can avoid it. Do you get to choose which investment you want to invest in in a 529 or does the state decide that? Great question. Yeah. Most states give you one or two options. Usually it's an over uh, riddled with fees, mutual fund or index fund. They're not the most efficient and there's not a lot of control on what you can put your money into inside that 529. You might get one or two aggressive, conservative, some sort of basket. Um, not exactly the best. You know, I, I love how real estate gives you a lot more control because you can say, hey, I like this market. I like that market. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, I want to sell now. Yeah. 
because I want to start a business or I want to wait for college, but I don't want to start my family first. Somebody's making a lot of money with the 529 and it's not us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, it, just remember who created the state the financial vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, who is it going to benefit if all I can ever do with that money is send my, my kid to college or wait till I'm 60 um, to spend it. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, state's going to get that money back one way or the other uh, in the form of taxes and the investment advisor is going to get it in the way of fees. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't designed by you or me. Good point. Tell us how the listeners can get a hold of you. We already talked about how they can listen to you, and I hope they tune in. I'm definitely going to start listening to your podcast because my daughter's a sophomore in high school, so it's that time now. Now's the time. There's a two-year look back on the FAFSA, so it's a perfect time to start positioning your assets this year. Uh, and anyone listening who has a sophomore, this is the year because they typically do a, a two-year look back on your net worth and balance sheet and everything. So yeah, great. And for folks that want to uh, reach out, say hello. We do a 15-minute totally free consultation. Um, see if this is a good fit. Answer whatever burning question comes from this episode. Go to uh, the website, Freedom from Wall Street, all spelled out, freedomfromwallstreet.com. And uh, we'd be very happy. Either me or one of my colleagues would be happy to speak with you. That's... um freedomfromwallstreet.com. Now, you're in Illinois. Can anybody from any state call? Yep, because we have uh, uh, advisors that I work with all over the country, including in lovely, sunny California. Maybe I should uh, just live vicariously or just move out there. I'm not sure yet. Hey, <laughs> come on. We have plenty of room for you. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not in the sunny beaches. I bet it's a little busy down there, but um, yeah, I'd busy. love to get down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't have the land like you guys do, definitely. We're stacked next to each other. <laughs> well, so happy to be on your show and keep up the great work with all you're doing. Okay, thank you, listeners, and keep on learning and always be growing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. Until next time, have a wonderful week. Music.